section sixty six of mysteries of london volume four this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox org mysteries of london volume four by george w m reynolds hopes fulfilled without pausing to reflect upon the step which she was taking forgetful of all the injunctions she had received from her father and all the promises of prudence and caution which she had made to him obedient only to the irresistible impulse of her feelings as if nature's voice rose dominant above a sire's mandates the recluse of the cottage disappeared from the view of the lady who remained in the path outside the garden a prey to the most torturing fear lest the young maiden should be intercepted by the inmates of the dwelling but agnes was not compelled to pass through the house in order to gain egress from the premises from the stable-yard a gate opened into the lane and by this avenue did she proceed so that there was no necessity to exercise any wariness or precaution had the contrary been the case had she been compelled to pause in order to reflect how she was to escape the notice of the servants her artlessness of character and purity of soul would have prompted her to wait and reflect whether she were acting in accordance with her father's counsels she would then have flown straight to consult mrs gifford and the result would have been inimical to the hopes and wishes of the lady who was so anxiously expecting her in the lane but as nothing impeded the maiden's progress nor forced her to stay her steps even for a single instant the gate being always left open during the daytime for the convenience of the gardeners and these men being engaged in front of the house on the present occasion the current of her thoughts impelling her towards the lady received no hindrance no check and in a few moments agnes was speeding along the lane with a heart influenced by emotions of hope curiosity suspense and wild aspiration for that word mother that dear delightful word which had so seldom fallen on her ears and which in an instant excited so many pleasurable reflections so many ineffable feelings in her soul that word which as if with electric inspiration had suddenly opened to her view an elysium of the affections which she had never known before and which gave promises of felicity the holiest and the purest that word so fraught with the tenderest sympathies to one who had hitherto lived in a semi-orphan state that word it was which exercised a magic influence upon the maiden absorbed all other considerations and rendered her impatient to hear more from the same lips whence this word had come and yet she could not have accounted had she paused to search for the spring of the excitement that now ruled her actions it was not that she cherished the conviction of finding a mother in the lady who was waiting to embrace her but she did half suspect that such would be the case and she certainly hoped oh most fervently hoped that she was not destined to experience disappointment the very artlessness of her disposition made her sanguine and under these influences did she hasten along 
the lady advanced to meet her and in a few moments they were clasped in each other's arms my child my dearest child murmured the fond mother who had indeed recovered a daughter in agnes vernon oh is it possible exclaimed the beautiful creature in an ecstasy of joy is it possible that you are my parent i am my beloved agnes i am and heaven can attest that though separated from thee since thine infancy i have never ceased to think of thee never ceased to love thee a faintness now came upon agnes and her mother felt that she was clinging the more firmly to her in a convulsive effort to prevent herself from falling lean on me my child here let me sustain you my darling agnes cried the lady oh how happy am i at this moment with thee in my arms but my god she faints and the maiden overcome by her emotions fell into a state of insensibility the lady carried her in her arms along the lane great was the strength which now animated the mother who had just recovered a long-lost daughter and in a few minutes a hackney-coach that was waiting higher up the avenue received the precious burthen when agnes came to herself she started as if on waking from a delicious dream she feared that it might prove all a delusion but when by the rays of the setting sun which streamed through the open windows of the vehicle she beheld the handsome pleasing and yet mournful countenance of her mother bending over her a glow of joy suffused the charming creature's face and throwing her arms around her parent's neck she exclaimed oh tell me that it is not a dream assure me once more who you are i am your mother agnes dearest your own fond and loving mother who has languished after you for years and who will never separate from you again unless by your own consent or through the stern decree of an iron tyranny yes agnes i am your mother and beautiful though you be i may without vanity declare that the stamp of nature proclaims you to be my child yes and my own heart's emotions assure me that you are indeed my parent said the lovely girl but you observe that we should not part without my consent oh can you suppose dear mother that i should ever ask to leave you ever seek to separate myself from you no my child i am sure that you will not exclaimed the lady at the same time agnes she added in a different and mournful tone it is my duty to inform you that if you choose to live with me you must resign all hope of seeing your father again at least for two years oh say not so ejaculated agnes bursting into tears surely it must be with my father's knowledge that you came to see me that you are taking me away with you and yet she added a sudden reminiscence flashing to her mind and causing her to start painfully and yet i recollect now that i left the garden stealthily that you urged me to come round to you in the lane unperceived by the servants that you knew not my father was in paris oh mother mother cried the young girl again interrupting herself and speaking with a burst of anguish what does all this mean whom am i to obey you or my father for it is clear to me that in yielding deference to the counsel of the one i must prove disobedient to the other tranquillize yourself dearest agnes tranquillize yourself i implore you exclaimed the lady straining the trembling almost affrighted maiden to her breast ah dearest mother when i hear your voice and receive your kisses i have no thought save for you murmured the young girl oh and now your tears fall upon my cheek mother dear mother forgive me for what i said ere now 
i will obey you and you only but do not do not weep my beloved parent may god almighty bless you agnes fervently exclaimed the lady her tears streaming in blinding torrents from her eyes oh do not weep i implore you cried agnes in a tone of the most tender affection are you unhappy dear mother if so tell me the cause of your sorrow i am both happy and unhappy agnes was the response almost choked with sobs i experience ineffable pleasure and acute pain all at the same moment but your words soothe me your voice descends into my soul like sweet music your caresses are as a balm to my bruised and weltering spirit dear mother let me embrace you closer still murmured agnes clinging to her parent in that narrow chaise as if there were an imminent danger of their immediate separation but wherefore are you happy and unhappy at the same time i am happy because i have this evening recovered you and thus seen accomplished the hope of long long years returned the lady and i am unhappy because i fear that some untoward circumstance will part us again oh what circumstance can part us dear mother asked agnes her bosom filled with vague alarms may i not dwell with you if i choose and if you choose to have me with you yes oh yes agnes replied her mother earnestly and in an impassioned tone but will you not pine when the excitement of these new feelings shall have passed away will you not pine i say for your secluded cottage your beautiful garden and-and your father she added her voice suddenly becoming low and tremulously plaintive what is that lovely cottage what are the choicest flowers of that garden in comparison with thy love my dearest dearest mother exclaimed agnes and oh if i must decide between you on the one hand and my father on the other and yet he has been so kind so very kind to me that it goes to my very heart agnes agnes you love your father better than me exclaimed the mother in a voice of the most piercing rending anguish but it is natural oh it is natural for you never knew me until now at least not since your infancy yes it is natural i say o oh, fool that i was to hope that you could love me well enough to consent to dwell beneath my roof in future no no it is impossible i see it all agnes you would be wretched miserable were you to part from your father i will take you back to your cottage then my child i will leave you then and we must separate upon its threshold never never to meet again perhaps in this life no dearest mother speak not thus despairingly or you will kill me you will break my heart cried agnes her voice choking with sobs you are unhappy and it is my duty to remain with you oh and god forgive me for saying it if it be a crime but but it is also my wish and with these words the maiden again threw herself upon her mother's bosom and wept plenteously while her arms clasped that parent's neck with almost convulsive violence as she she feared to lose her now agnes i am happy oh supremely happy exclaimed the fond woman you will remain with me and i shall not again submit your feelings to a painful test by proposing the alternatives which have already rent your bosom listen however to me for a short space i am a lonely and desolate woman and have experienced a recent affliction of an almost overpowering nature indeed i should have succumbed beneath its weight had not accident an accident of a most extraordinary character last night revealed to me the place where you dwelt in such seclusion then i suddenly felt that i had something worth living for and i came to you this evening with the hope of seeing you yes and also with the hope of inducing you to accompany me that we might dwell together in future 
for oh agnes you cannot divine how tender how lasting how invincible is the love of a mother for her child years and years have passed since i saw you and i have pictured to myself my darling daughter growing up in beauty and in virtue endowed with elegant accomplishments and trained in all that she ought to learn or that would become her save a knowledge of her mother now my dearest agnes you repay me for that immense that boundless love which i have ever cherished for you now you reward me for the anxious years the age of sorrow as i may term the period which has elapsed for me between your infancy and the present time your father is rich is possessed of many resources for recreation and pleasure in the world which a woman cannot enjoy he has many many friends and deeply though he loves you he will not miss you so much as i have missed you and should miss you still were you now to be separated from me it is then a mother who implores her daughter to give her a daughter's love to yield her a daughter's affection and perform towards her a daughter's duty all this my agnes i see that you are prepared to accomplish even at the sacrifice of your feelings in respect to your sire moreover that sire has been blessed with your smiles ever since your birth or at least has had you under his guardianship and control and now oh now am i asking too much when i beseech you to devote a few years of love to me to me who am your mother who am unhappy and who without you should now feel so lonely and desolate that the sooner the cold grave were to close over me the better i will not leave you i will die sooner murmured agnes her eyes streaming and her bosom heaving with convulsive sobs but you will not leave my father nor that kind and good mrs gifford in ignorance of what has become of me i could not be guilty of such cruelty my darling child responded the mother and now she continued after a rapid glance from the window of the vehicle which was at this moment passing by kennington common and now listen again to what i have to say to you my own house is in the northern suburb of london and it is possible that mrs gifford may be acquainted with the place of my abode i know not whether she be and i should conceive that she is not nevertheless there is the possibility as i observed and in that case she would adopt measures to tear you from my arms for this night then you must consent to remain at the house of some ladies of my acquaintance they will take care of you they will be rejoiced to have you with them though only for a few hours and by to-morrow evening i shall have a dwelling fitted up for our reception it is my intention to give up my villa which i now possess and i know of a sweet cottage with a beautiful garden in the neighbourhood of bayswater which i shall hire at once all these arrangements can be effected in the course of to-morrow for by means of money incredible things are accomplished in london be it as you say my dear mother observed agnes but you will remain with me this night you will not leave me with strangers she exclaimed anxiously certainly my child if you wish it i will stay with you returned her mother listen however to me once again the friends in whose care i propose to place you are two elderly ladies who will receive you as the daughter of one whom they sincerely love for they are as devoted to me as if i were a near and dear relative and are acquainted with much that concerns me you will be as safe in their charge as if i myself were with you for remember by to-morrow night i must have a home a good home prepared for my agnes and it will occupy me until a late hour this night to make the arrangements for the removal of all my furniture and other property in the morning in addition to all this agnes i should be compelled in any case to return to my house this evening as there may be a communication of importance for me there a communication from a generous friend 
noble by nature as well as by name and who is interesting himself for me and for another say no more my dearest parent interrupted agnes i am ready to obey you in all things and to follow your counsel but promise to return and take me away with you as early as you can to-morrow she added imploringly fear not my darling agnes replied the mother i shall be as anxious to embrace you to-morrow as you possibly can be to see me while this conversation was in progress between the two ladies in the hackney coach the sun had set twilight had become absorbed in the shades of night but the vehicle was now proceeding along the blackfriars road which was brilliant with the gas-lamps stretching away in two approximating lines and ultimately becoming confounded together on the arching bridge in the distance at length the hackney coach passed out of the blackfriars road into stamford street and agnes looking from the left-hand window saw that the three first houses on that side of the way towards which her eyes were turned were in a condition so ruinous and dismantled as to strike a chill to her susceptible heart but the unpleasant sensation almost instantly vanished when the coach drew up at the door of a house in excellent repair and presenting in outward appearance a remarkable contrast to those dilapidated buildings here agnes and her mother alighted and the young maiden no longer thought of the sinister-looking ruins adjoining when she found herself in a comfortable parlour where both herself and parent received a cordial welcome from two elderly ladies whose benevolent countenances agreeable manners and kind speech were calculated to inspire confidence at once the name of these maiden sisters was theobald and they were indeed possessed of excellent dispositions and endowed with the most amiable qualities the moment that agnes mother entered the room they rose to embrace her with the warmth of an unfeigned friendship and even before the young maiden was introduced to them they exclaimed as if suddenly struck by the same sentiment ah this is the dear girl whom you have so long pined to recover we need not wait to be told that she is your daughter the likeness between you proclaims the fact and then they embraced agnes in her turn the young lady's mother drew the elder miss theobald aside and said i propose to leave my beloved child with you for this night circumstances compel me to return home without delay i have decided upon taking your beautiful little villa at bayswater and shall remove all my furniture thither the first thing in the morning it is fortunate that the sweet dwelling should have been thus in want of a tenant at this moment i am delighted for your sake my dear friend responded miss theobald that the villa is unoccupied we will send one of our servants at daybreak to make all the necessary preparations for your reception oh how sincerely how deeply do i congratulate you upon having recovered your long-lost daughter added the kind-hearted woman in a tone of profound feeling it is indeed a source of indescribable solace to my wounded spirit as you my dear friend may well conceive for you are acquainted with the principal events of my chequered existence but i must now depart it is growing late and ere i seek my couch this night i shall have arranged everything for my removal to bayswater to-morrow with these words the lady turned towards agnes saying my dearest child i leave you in the care of these excellent friends whom it is only necessary to know in order to love i feel that i do already love them my dear mother responded the young maiden as she threw herself into her parents arms farewell till to-morrow my sweet agnes soon after midday you may expect me and the miss theobalds can tell you that the new home to which you are then to accompany me will leave you nothing to regret in reference to your own little secluded cottage and beautiful garden in surrey 
wherever i may dwell with you dear mother there shall i enjoy contentment answered agnes tenderly embracing her whom in two short hours she had thus learnt to love with an affection that seemed to have existed for years adieu my darling child murmured the fond mother and she then took her departure agnes listened until the sounds of the retreating wheels were no longer audible or rather until they were absorbed in the din of the numerous vehicles passing in the immediate neighbourhood of the house and then a sudden chill seized upon her heart a damp fell upon her spirits her feelings powerfully excited by the incidents of the day experienced a rapid revulsion and unable to control her emotions she burst into tears End of section sixty six